Zee Flotilla's gone over to the rebels, shouted one of the calm ensigns. Sweat beaded on the boy's shaved scalp. He was still young enough to be excited by combat. NSS Enver Hoja's battle bridge was wedge-shaped. Command stations at the narrow aft end, a giant array of displays at the blunt forward end. Everything finished out in military-grade carbon mesh and low-intensity gel interfaces. A dozen duty stations were arrayed before and below Captain Sains. Eighteen officers and enlisted, laboring wet-backed and trembling in the service of their own imminent death. Everything reeked of panicked men and distressed electronics. Commander Ulyanov leaned close, his bullet head gleaming sweat-bright as the ensigns. They're not firing yet. With respect, sir, we're done. All the other capital assets have gone over or been neutralized. Neutralized in deep space meant decompressive death for hundreds or thousands of crew, the survivors scattering like sparks from a bonfire in life pods that were more likely to be used as ranging targets than ever be rescued within their survival windows. Except in a civil war, when it could also mean officers lined up in boat bays and gunned down by excited sailors acting under mutinous orders. Captain Sains stared at the main displays, all shunted to internal status reports. Everything glowed amber or red. The battle bridge shuddered, gravimetrics cycling on a decay curve tending asymptotically toward catastrophic failure. He'd had damage control shut down the alarms, even the strobes. Too many of the Hoja's systems were critical or supercritical. If any of the new skippers in Z Flotilla worked up the nerve to open fire on their erstwhile heaviest asset, those systems wouldn't matter to anyone but an after-action forensics team. Imminent death had become remarkably quiet. I will not strike my colors, he muttered. Then they'll strike them for us, Rod. So we withdraw. Ulyanov glanced around the bridge. Sains wondered if his first officer were on the brink of switching loyalties. Was he counting heads or sidearms? But no, the exec turned his gaze back to the captain, guile absent from his eyes. Where to? This is, was, the last loyalist fleet. Anywhere outside this disaster area. We've only got one contingent withdrawal course still open, and the window on that beacon's getting more and more narrow. Sains chopped a hand down. Go. Ulyanov slid a hand over his console, setting off stored action plans. Attention on bridge, he said. We are implementing contingency Gamma 7. Effective. Something hit them hard enough to flop the battle bridge's multiply redundant, hardened gravimetrics. Polarity cycled several times in rapid succession, bouncing everything that wasn't strapped down between the deck and the overhead. Lights dimmed and blowers cut out as the Hoja's engineering section routed power to the sea drivers. Larger ships had an inherent advantage in reaching the light speed discontinuity, especially deep in stellar gravity wells. Somewhere at the bottom, the equations rested in part on force subnet equals mass by acceleration, which in turn drove Higgs boson crowding and enabled the sea transition. Larger ships had larger mass, and in sea physics, the value of mass in the equations scaled more rapidly than the value of acceleration. In other words, once Hoja lurched into motion, 
For all that her tormentors could literally fly rings around her, she'd make her exit from the battle into the ghostly reaches of sea space long before they could follow the negative energy traces of her wake. As long as her systems were sufficiently whole when she reached transition speed, that was.